0: This is a News Laundry Podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angre's Apna Lagaan or News Laundry Apna Hafta Kabhi Nahi I'm going to be your host this week because Abhinandan is out of town. Uh, We've had a very uh, intense news week and I think after a long time, we've had an event outside of India make a You know, headlines make prominent front page headlines. Uh, Israel-Palestine conflict is all over the news. I don't remember the last time we discussed an international news event as much as we are discussing the Israel-Palestine conflict today. And as much as we've discussed it over the past five days. So we're going to be talking a lot about that. In fact, the podcast will be solely focused on this uh, I'm going to quickly introduce our guests to you. We have Anand Vardhan in the studio with us after a long time. Welcome, Anand. Hello. We have Jayashree joining us from Chennai. Hi, hi. And our guest for this week is Stanley Johnny, who's also joining us from Chennai? Or yeah, from Delhi. that's right. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Stanley is Fine, the International you. Affairs Editor with The Hindu. He has reported for The Hindu Group from Brussels, Luxembourg, Moscow, Singapore, Amman, Ramallah and Tel Aviv. So I think we're going to have a very interesting conversation with him. Before we get down to the headlines of this week, I have a couple of announcements. We have a new election fund up. Election season is back. Madhya Pradesh, Chhattisgarh, Telangana, Rajasthan and Mizoram are going to polls in less than a month. News Laundry and the News Minute are going to come together and report on these elections. We're going to have reporters from our organizations our uh, editors also travel to these places. We will bring you shows and interviews. This is going to be a collective thing that we're going to do together because we're stronger together. So you can check out our election fund at newslaundry.com slash election fund to contribute to our election reporting, our combined election reporting. Hamas would have known that with this action, they are going to invite a, you know, an action from Israel like never before. This whole thing of wipe out Gaza. I mean, this is something that they would have expected. And so the question comes at, what was the thinking behind this and why now?
1: If you look at the attack, Hamas has achieved two things, irrespective of the Israeli response. Hmm. One, Hamas has broken the status quo, whether it is good or for bad. The status quo was unsustainable for the Palestinians. Because since the 1990s, mid-1990s, ever since the Oslo process collapsed, what the Israelis have been trying to do, was to keep the Palestinians under check. I mean, in a sense, continue the occupation without consequences. So you have the security barrier, you have the checkpoints, you have the direct military occupation, you have the collective punishment, you have the Palestinian Authority under your control. And Israel has over the years built a very tight security model. Hmm. Like, as you mentioned, Israel has Mossad, which is a... A very powerful intelligence agency. Israel is a nuclear power. It's an undeclared nuclear power. It's a very powerful military force. Uh, but Hamas is telling that, no, you have issues with your security model. We can drill holes into the security model. So basically, they have, I think, uh, broken out of the status quo. And then secondly...
0: Let's uh, uh, zoom back a little to India. Do you think it's going to be tricky for India? going ahead like in issuing a statement because see we are friends we are friends in the Middle East we have decent relations with Iran Russia that doesn't recognize Hamas as a terrorist organization we're friends with them of course we've been very close to Israel especially under the prime ministership of Narendra Modi but traditionally we've not wanted to really you know pick sides here so going ahead if this escalates do you see like
2: India's uh India's a uh, problem for decades in this, and India has f- tried to find a way out of it, is uh, dehyphenating its relations with Israel, with its relations with our other Arab nations. Mm-hmm. Now, this de- dehyphenation has been a diplomatic challenge for India for a num- number of years. And it, it will be in a larger way now also how it will branch off because we are seeing the bipolarity on Ukraine also branching off in this issue because and India would have to just uh, have a role reversal because
0: everything that's happened over the past five uh, days media has also become an important aspect of this war what do you think of how this has been reported in the international press I
3: think what we're seeing from Western, especially Western liberal outfits, is Western propaganda. I'll give you three examples of this. I mean, so in 2018, a journalist called Mark Hill said at an event at the United Nations, he said, we have an opportunity to not just offer solidarity in words, but to commit to political action to give us what justice requires. And what that justice requires is a free Palestine from the river to the sea. This is what he said at an event organized by the UN. CNN fired him. Then in 2021, a Jewish journalist called Emily Wilder, she was 22 years old. She joined a news organization for her first job. Uh, Right-wing trolls on the internet found screenshots from her past in college where she had participated in pro-Palestine.
0: Yeah, and she got fired.
3: Associated Press, fired her. Then last year, Katie Halper was on a television show on the Hill. She was examining whether Israel was an appetite state because this is what a Democrat socialist congresswoman had said and the hill fired her. I think they are participants in the entire charade that is playing out now. Over the decades, any kind of Western atrocity is often cheered on by certain sections of the Western media. And it's as much an indictment of Western media as it is of Western liberalism as a concept. And we see this at every stage. We look at the Iraq war and we look at this, that every time the West has committed an atrocity that is very far from its shows, the liberal media sort of joins together to regurgitate propaganda. It's like the supporters of a football team.
1: Hamas on the other side is the outfit that won the only elections, free and fair elections, that took place in the Palestinian territories in 2006. Hamas won the elections and Hamas government was dissolved by Abu Mason in the West Bank because the Europeans said that they would not continue their financial aid to the Palestinian Authority run by Hamas, which was popularly elected in the Palestinian territories. The West said no because we consider Hamas as a terrorist organization. So here the question is, has Hamas used terror as a means? They have. They have carried out suicide attacks in the late 1980s and in the uh, late 1980s throughout the 1990s. They had used suicide attacks. And the October 7 attack also suggests that Hamas continues to use violence against the civilians. But this question, the whole question, I think, is very complicated. Because you can't take the Palestine question out of the violence that is being committed within the Palestinian territories. The violence that is being committed by Hamas, the violence that is being committed by the IDF. So I think you can't take the Palestine issue out of it. Now, Israel is looking at it as a security problem. Hamas is a terrorist organization posing a security issue to us. I think it's not that as simple as that because it is a much complicated issue. Uh, So, yes, Hamas has used terror as a means, but at the same time, Hamas is also fighting for the liberation of the Palestinian territories. Israel has also used collective punishment. Israel has used indiscriminate bombing of uh, Palestinian territories. Uh, And over the last, I think, 16 years, how many Palestinians were killed in Gaza alone?
0: So, we come to Anand with, we want a history lesson. On India's relations with Palestine and how we've historically viewed this conflict.
2: India didn't recognize Israel immediately when it was formed in 1948. And India took two years to recognize mm. Israel. That was in 1950. It it recognized and uh, on record, uh, there are conversations that uh, Vijay Lakshmi Pandit, who was India's ambassador to the US, sees told her Israeli counterpart that Kashmir question is an Im, Im, is an important uh, consideration behind India delaying the recognition because it may push Arab nations to rally behind Pakistan uh, on the Kashmir question in UN. Oh, so, okay. So, so mm. we, and it was not uh, uh, just a, uh, uh, thought of the ambassador in 1950 when India finally recognized Israel as a sovereign state uh, Prime Minister Nehru also said that we delayed it because it may hurt the sentiments of Arab nations
0: There is a central question that when there is a you know uh, an act as gruesome as what we saw when you have civilians dead uh, it is rude to bring up you know the root causes argument because mm. if people have died, let's not talk about the root causes. That's for later. Right now, condemn and say yeah. this is bad, unequivocal and don't get into the root causes.
3: The answer to the passing question is also Hamas. It is why it exists, it's why it's doing what it does. No one is standing with the murder of civilians. No one is standing with this sort of violence. But I think you cannot see this attack in isolation from the rest. It didn't just happen because someone woke up one day and decided to act. I'm seeing a lot of people saying that, you know, you shouldn't voice your opinion on this, you know, it's really complicated, so nuanced, guys, we'll study for years, we'll never understand. No. I think, I think it was Noam Chomsky or whoever who said that uh, when people say it's a very complicated issue, but it's actually very simple if you choose to understand it. I mean, if you choose to explain it to yourself in your head, then you get it
0: what do you think though i think that in a in this uh, situation you cannot have you can't understand what's happening in the violence without understanding root causes i do think yeah. and i think necessarily bringing it up is not uh, it's not justifying anything i think both things can hold true that hamas's attack was unprecedented brutal shameful along with saying that you have to explore what is happening to the palestinian question of statehood both statements can be said together. I don't think it's an either-or thing. But yes, I tend to agree with Anand on the Prime Minister's tweet that even I, when he first tweeted that, I thought it was really as banal a tweet as say an earthquake happens and you say my hmm. condolences. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think it's it's a position. It is simply that look, boss, so many people have died. We are with you at this hour of pain. And, you know, that's about it.
2: Bas, muft itna itch For the full uncut podcast, subscribe to News Laundry and pay to keep news free. The best way to listen to the hafta and indeed all our podcasts is through the News Laundry app. You can download the app by clicking on the links given in the show notes. So, do download our app and get the best podcast experience. And also, pay for news and support a new news media ecosystem that News Laundry is trying to encourage where we are accountable to you because we run on contributions that you make. We don't take government ads, we don't take corporations' ads, so that news serves the public. Because when the public pays, the public is served. Subscribe to News Roundry, click on the link in the show notes below, and proudly say, I pay to keep news free.